The opinions expressed on this program are those. The opinions expressed on this program. The opinions expressed on this program are those. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Oh, brother. I don't think I do. I'm making myself laugh, but not laugh about laughing. I'm laughingly laughing at not laughing or something. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, been one of those mornings already. I'm ready to give up. I'm, I quit. I quit. Oh, I can't quit. You can't quit. There's no quitting in baseball, football, and live streaming nonsense. And this is your live streaming nonsense program for the day. Good morning, folks. It's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. My brother Mike's birthday. How about shout out to Mike? Happy birthday, Mike. Everybody sing. I'm not hearing him sing. It's also uh, James Inman's birthday, which I'd rather forget. Uh, I, you know what? I really shouldn't uh, be angry at James. I like James. It's just I, too much to take. And so uh, him and I don't talk. But you know what? Happy birthday, James Inman. I, I have no uh, ill feelings against James. I know a lot of people do. <laughs> but happy, happy birthday, James. I hope everybody... Rises above and wishes James a happy birthday. Willie is in um, somewhere between South Dakota and uh, chocolate soda. I mean, New Mexico. I don't know why I said chocolate soda. Because I could probably use a chocolate soda. Uh, I'm really, I'm out of it, man. I am out of it. I'm feeling a little better, though. I have to say, uh, Reverend Rolls, the healing prayer, might have... You know what? You can draw your own conclusions. Uh, <laughs> people, uh, God, I'm getting inundated with um, negative, very negative uh, comments 
on social media all over the place about some of the stuff that's been going on in this program. And it's always by people who are nameless and faceless. Their handle is a couple of initials or uh, there's no picture in their profile. They're just nobody. They're trolls, and it's always late night, and I get notices from these imbeciles. I want to call them. Can I call them imbeciles? We go back to that. I know we have word police, and we can't really say stuff. But they they just want to find all shit that we put out there. Understand one thing. None of this is really meant to be taken that seriously. I'm not trying to tell you what you should believe or how you should live your life. We're just trying to make you laugh here. Um, and if we succeed in that, we've had a good day. Trying to make me laugh is my number one goal for doing this. But you know what? These people who have no lives and nothing better to do than get it on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or wherever and just find old content that they can disagree with and say something really negative about and have no name or face behind it. I think really it's time to get a job, get out of mom's basement, uh, start taking care of yourself, uh, you know, be an adult, that kind of stuff. And then maybe you'll find a sense of humor and all that stuff. Uh, In the news yesterday, remarkable, and this is politics, and I know some people get turned off by politics. Matt Gates is calling for uh, Kevin McCarthy to vacate the Speaker of House, uh, Speaker of the House position. I believe this is the first time in my life that has happened, especially within the same party. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, it's It's drama in the House. Now, I don't think, I don't think the Democrats are going to let that happen because, and Gates is so fucking stupid that he's his own worst enemy in in stuff like this. Not a lot of people like Matt Gates to begin with. Uh, He's got got some skeletons in his closet that people know about. He had, just because he wasn't prosecuted for banging children doesn't mean he wasn't banging children. People know that about him. But also, he is all understand that he's going to have to rely on some Democrats siding with him to vacate McCarthy. And when he floats ideas like, well, you don't have to be in Congress to be Speaker of the House, he just says that. All of a sudden, he just lost any Democratic support that he might have because, you know what, they're not going to let. They're not going to let Matt Gates and the QAnon faction of the Republican Party uh, go, I don't know, appoint JFK Jr. <laughs> uh, as Speaker of the House or somebody equally imaginary. Or maybe somebody who was uh, on trial now for a lot of different things um, it could be Trump. I mean, they could be thinking that. Trump doesn't have time to camp. According to Trump, he doesn't have time to campaign. He doesn't have time to do, you know, take care of his own businesses. But he has time to golf, and he has time to consider being a Speaker of the House. I don't know. 
I don't know where all that's going. It'll be interesting to see, though. And this is a very interesting uh, time to be alive on the timeline. Uh, in merchandise news, we have some new uh, new stuff available. I can't show you the designs right now. Uh, probably tomorrow morning I'll be showing you. But it uh, came about by Willie saying that uh, his drug of choice is more. And so I made uh, a couple of T-shirts, cups, all those kinds of things. They are now available with Willie's mug on it wearing some kind of devil helmet or <laughs> something. Uh, it's an interesting look. And I, we're... We're expecting, uh, we're hoping that these, uh, this merch sells well. All, you know, not all. I, I don't want to say that. A lot of the money will go, a lot of the profits, the majority of the profits are going to go to help keep Willie uh, paid off so he can keep doing the program. So we hope you will support that. Uh, also, October 15th, we want to let you know, we're going to be launching a new program, which is a Sunday morning with uh, Dr. Reverend Jelly Roll, and almost a Jerry Roll. Jerry, hey Jerry, what's the story, Jerry? Um, Not you, Siri, I didn't say Siri, I said, uh, it's one of these days. Now, you may have noticed there was a problem starting the program. I have a bunch of computers here, and for some reason, the mouse, the mice, mouses? The mice's mice, moose, the moose. were confused. The one that's supposed to control that computer was controlling this computer, and the one that's supposed to control this computer was controlling that computer, and you clicked on things, and things didn't happen, but they were moving the cursor around. It was really spooky, like gremlins, ghosts in the machine, and it's happening. it's happening again, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening right now. Something very weird is going on here today. So we might have, I might have some trouble, um, Getting my uh, bearings today. We're going to have two uh, comedians. One of them is a trans person. Not the first trans comedian that I've had on. I just didn't. I wasn't aware that she. I think she, her pronoun is she now. This is where it gets all really uncomfortable for me. Not knowing. I guess I have to ask before I can even say she or announce her. He has her uh, announce the person in when the person gets here. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. You know what? I admit I'm uh, I'm from another time, another century. I have no problems with any of uh, what people choose to do with their lives. But this whole pronoun stuff gets me confused. Now, I'm going to say she for for because she's not here yet <laughs> to get angry at me. I'm not sure she identifies, well, she she identifies as a lesbian, not as a trans person. It's all so confusing to an old boomer. I don't know what to make of it. But not the first trans person I've had, or comedian, trans person comedian I've had on the uh, program. Uh, Julia... Can't think of Julia's last name. She was on America's uh, Got Talent, and she's a uh, she was formerly Rick. And uh, here she was pretty popular on Long Island. Gave up comedy for twenty years and came back as a woman, and was on America's um, Got Talent. Now I think I think she's upset with me 
because I sort of suggested, I just, I just raised the question. Were you doing this? Is this all like a gimmick? Because, I mean, in comedy, using it, uh, using your transition to further your career, because you know it just seemed, you you were out of it, it for a while, and then you go on to one of these shows like the exploitative exploitative shows like America's Got Talent, American Idol, all those contest shows. They're just exploiting people and and about using them, and you allow yourself to be put in that. Are you doing? A, and all I did was raise the question, but I think she's she's mad at me now uh, and doesn't want to ever uh, do the program again. Or even though we have friends in common, the bad part of that is her agent, who pretty powerful, not pretty powerful. He has, he has a lot of comedians in his stable. Yeah, he keeps them with his horses. <laughs> uh, he, by association is also a little upset with me so i know he could have helped me get lots of several uh big name comedians on but it's not working with me and not necessarily taking my phone calls or answering my emails anymore so it should be interesting anyway she'll be with us in the second hour i'm gonna call she that's what i got she's a lesbian she's calling herself a lesbian she must be a she. If to be a lesbian, to qualify as a lesbian, I think you have to be a she first. Am I wrong or right? If you people are angry at me already and upset with me because I don't know the proper language to use, you can let me know about it. I will try to correct my behavior for you. In the first hour, Caitlin Manofsky is supposed to be here in a few minutes. Right now, we got uh, Dr. Reverend Jelly Roll is uh, filling in for Willie this morning. Good morning, Doc. Or do I call uh, you? Do I call you? Do I call you? Reverend uh, Doctor, uh, it's uh, the doctor is an honorary title that I made up a little while ago, a few years ago. Uh, Reverend is a title that I earned many, many years ago. Uh, you can call me Jelly if you'd like. You know, Jelly. Yeah, we've been friends for long enough that you can call me Jelly. Wow, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming here, Jelly, this morning. Uh, got any thoughts about my dopey monologue this morning? I know it's it's all. I'm just filled with the usual confusion and idiocy. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what I said? Well, uh, I would like to add something that uh, the, uh, the I don't want to call him justice, but let's call him just injustice, Clarence Thomas, recused himself for the first time. In oh, yeah, case. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure that was because uh, the people who bought his lease, uh, I'm sorry, what did slaves have back then? Were they leased? Were they the agreement? Whoever bought his his agreement has decided that maybe he's talking too much and they're getting too much attention. Because most billionaires like to buy politicians in the background and they don't want it up front. So yeah. Uh, now some people are pushing for a uh, code of ethics for the Supreme Court next week. Was it next week or the week after? I have a guy on who is. Uh, his uh, whole mission is to kind of uh, get a um, a code of ethics for the Supreme Court. He thinks the Supreme Court has gone off the rails. I, uh, is it Joe Russomano? I'll have to check that out. I think it might be the 19th, October 19th. I'm thinking that's next week. That's not next week. That's two weeks from now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, the focus of the show, we're going to lose a lot of uh, listeners then. Anytime we talk about politics or anything to do with government, we lose a lot of people. Nobody, 
my audience doesn't care about that, but I, I feel like I have to shove some of it down their throat. And some well, it's that. like plumbing. Yes, it's like plumbing. People don't want to know where the water comes from. They just want to know that when they, when they turn the faucet, the shit works. You know, they don't That's care right. about the roads until they break. They don't care about the until the air until their town stinks, and they don't care about you know any of that shit until it affects them. And it's, yeah. by then, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I get it. And it's like that government shutdown. A lot of people were saying, ah, it's no big deal. You know, it won't affect anything. 9.1 million people work for the United States government. And that's uh, roughly all of them. Not all of them, but roughly all of them would have been without a paycheck. That's got to affect the economy. That's got to affect you. Besides the services that would no longer be available to people. But they just took that for granted. Now, we avoided that for 45 days. But in 45 days, we'll be biting our nails again and thinking... It's going to shut or those of us who care, but a lot yeah. of people act like they don't even notice. They don't even pay attention anymore. But there's so. some people out there now who are so poor, they've already been biting their nails. They're just doing it for nutritional value. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the real from yesterday, you were on for just a, a couple of minutes and AI, I put it through that Opus clips to create some reels. Yeah, I put two of them out and uh, people they have are, been shared and appreciated. Well, uh, we're getting some negative response from it. Though. People, people think it's serious. I think some people think it was serious. They were like, uh, they were questioning my beliefs. Um, I don't know. You know, again, it's hard to explain to people. This is comedy. I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, change the world here. I'm just trying to pass a couple of hours in the morning and make people laugh and have comedians on. By the way, our comedian is late, so. I'm not surprised by this. I had a well, feeling this was better late than pregnant. That's what I say. Yeah, it could be. She could be late, late and pregnant, or well, I definitely the second one is not pregnant. Uh, <laughs> next hour, definitely not. Uh, yeah. So um, coming to that now in the second hour, Diana Skoll, who uh, I wasn't familiar with. I I just thought she was she. I'm gonna keep saying she until I'm told not to. Uh, was a uh, beginner comedian, kind of, kind of a beginner comedian, although she's got a lot of material on YouTube. Yes, um, yeah. But she did a one-hour show, one-hour, one-person show last year, so she can't be that new. Yeah, that but was in she, Ottawa at the Fringe Festival. Yeah. Um, so I, I was not aware until last night that she was a trans person. And I, I will admit, I feel awkward in the conversation. Like I, ever, I feel like I have to walk on eggshells. What can I say and what can, what I can't say? I don't. I don't want to be a dick, but I am a dick because I was born in the era of dickness. Uh, <laughs> so, got any advice for me on how to handle that? Yeah, I, I, it's the same advice I give to everybody. Just treat them like people. You know, call them by their name, yeah, whenever possible. Because to be honest, most of this is just a matter of going to be treated humanely and humanly so yeah. that's it you know beyond that if they if, if we make a mistake uh, and lord knows people make mistakes one or two a day uh if they don't have it in their heart to forgive us then it's on them you know it's right. not on us we tried well you know it's not like you started off the conversation by saying so tranny uh i'm sorry <laughs> uh what no no you didn't start if you said if you started the conversation like that then uh uh, Ms. Skoll would have a reason to say, you dick. But if you say right. uh, Ms. Skoll, and she goes, no, I prefer they Skoll, um, then, you know, it's, you know, you, you, didn't, you weren't trying to be difficult, you know. Right. 
the it last happens. the last time I had a conversation with a trans comic, it started this way. I said, "You're the first." I said, I don't know any other trans people other than I know one from many years ago who I was friends with when he was a guy and uh, when, went away for the summer, come back, came back as a woman and didn't want to know me, acted like they didn't know me. And so I said, that's the only other trans person I ever knew that I'm aware of. And that's how it started off. And she she was angry with me for, for saying that right from the start. I felt like really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. You know, I'm trying to kind of help help myself understand where you're coming from, and I'm not trying to offend you in any way. But I, everything I feel like everything, no matter what I say, is going to offend you. Now, all of a sudden, I don't I don't even want to talk. I just want to sit here and let you talk. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, you know, as a as a minister, you know, people had gotten used to me saying someone transitioned, and they thought you know, back then it just meant they died. But now <laughs> I could say someone transitioned and they stare at me because they're waiting to find out if it's they died or they have a new lease on life. They don't know. Right. You know, so they it's it, it, it affects all of us differently. You know, yeah. Uh, but, but what I do want to know, honest, sincerely, is I, I've known trans people uh, since I mean, uh, the first person I know who actually transitioned from male to female was back in like uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I want to know if the technology for that surgery has changed. Had to be, had to have had, completely, uh, it's gotta be much better. I mean, my, not to kind of change the subject, my brother-in-law went for a bypass. uh, I think he went for a triple bypass uh, last week and he was in and out of, uh huh? Was it football? Are we talking sports now? No, I get it. Uh, But, he was in and out of the hospital in one day. Yeah. Uh, my father, when he went for a, a triple bypass, he was in the hospital for six weeks, and then the recuperation period was had to be six months or something. Yeah, I had my appendix out uh, maybe 40 years ago. And the weirdest thing about that is, uh, like I said, I was, it left this huge scar on my side. And back then, I was a stripper. I didn't even want to be a stripper anymore with the appendix scar on my, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's, I take off my shirt and I show the abs and they're like, Ooh, they look so, Ooh, what's that his scar? He's, he's got a scar. So I, I gave, I stopped being a stripper because of that scar. My sister-in-law just had her appendix out and she had, they did it laparoscopically, you know, put a little tiny, tiny hole, you know, probably could just stick it in your navel and aim it over there and no, no scars. It's, you know, I picked the wrong time. See, some people pick the wrong time to be sick, or just, you know, I'm just saying. Could, should I play some stripper music and maybe we can see a little uh, what the act used to look like? Uh, I'm gonna tell you now. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, my, my wife got a little annoyed because I became a stripper long after. I mean, I stopped being a stripper long before we met. Ah. And so she never got. You know, here's the deal. Every no matter who you are, at some point in your life. There's a point of diminishing returns on your looks. You know what I'm saying? You're going to look back at a picture and go, I've never looked better. You know, it might be a high school graduation. It might be a wedding picture. It could be a divorce picture. But like that moment, after that, everything just got worse. And so my wife never saw me in my full glory. You know what I'm saying? That's a shame. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. And I can't call old girlfriends and say, no, really, honey. Uh, I tell her. Uh, Pam, tell my wife how good I used to be in bed before I got old. Tell her. 
And, yeah, and nobody had iPhones or anything to kind of capture it back then. I'm assuming you. I you had, know, I was, I had a beta me. camera. I had a beta tape, which no one can play now. So I could just shake the tape and say, "No, look, here's proof." But right, nobody yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you find a, a beta player anymore? Well, Andy Andrews probably has one, but that's a whole other story that was for another day. <laughs> um, I was trying to tell some, explain to people just yesterday that when I was a kid, there was no such thing as video. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? No, it was a different format. No, there was no such thing as video. We didn't have videotape. There was no way to tape. Television stations had it, had these big bulky machines that would do instant replay and stuff like that. But it was either film or live television. There was no, and they would play films on television. But there was no such thing as videotape. Nobody had any kind of video recorders until late seventies, early eighties. And it, it it sounds like my my uh, grandparents telling me before television, well, before radio was invented. Like uh, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. They were looking at me like I was from another uh, planet, another time, and I am from another time, I guess. But it's just. I don't know if you remember these. I, I, I literally, I just happen to have one of these here. Uh, you remember these? Oh slides? yeah, slides. Yeah. Yes, most of my childhood is on slides. You know, right? Uh, and you would put uh, for people who don't know, they would you put them in a uh, well. There were several ways, but a slide projector would be like a rotary thing. You put it in and automatically switch to the next one. So the next one would be in front of the lens that would project. Or they had these kind of. I don't know what you call them, you know, goggles uh, you would put right. on and you click a, a thing that would move the slide around. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that was social media back then. You put it in, you invite everybody over, and they look at it on your wall. That was right. social media. Right. That was how you shared your GIFs. Now, and I just read this this morning, uh, we have 3D printers. Yes. And 3D printers can print just about anything. Yes. And scientists used it to print a rat brain, a living, working rat brain. And they're doing experiments. Instead of doing it on animals, they are printing a brain, a working, functioning animal brain to do research on it. That's a pretty scary thought. Uh, well, it's a step up from uh, QAnon. The rat brain is, uh, is like... They, before they <laughs> a got little to the more brain, intelligent than the Before they got to the rat brain, they did work on worms with the ganglia. <laughs> and then they got to QAnon. And then they said, well, it works on QAnon. We made a QAnon brain. Let's try a rat. So I remember seeing that in the, uh, yeah, I think it was the uh, Omni magazine, I think it was. Yeah. So, but as a spiritual person, a spiritual leader for the community, <laughs> uh, do you see any, um, I don't know, religious, spiritual implications in in the fact that we're starting to, because they were saying the next thing they're going to try to do is, is print ovaries, human ovaries. Yeah, here's the deal. And this is the only thing I'm um, a little, little, bit, little bit concerned about. For those people who actually believe in the Bible, like literally, uh, there was a time when like people got too advanced. They said, I'm going to go visit God. And they decided to build a tower like 900 feet or something, which probably would have reached, which probably would have been like 12 feet short of seeing heaven. But apparently God didn't say, don't, you know, don't, don't want you this close <laughs> and wiped everything out and gave everybody different tongues. Before that, everybody tasted the same. Uh, so my fear now is that we're going to get to the point where not necessarily God, but somebody else is going to decide to play God and go, they're getting too close and let's muck things up. You know, 
Yeah. There's going to be a point where people are just going to panic. You know, they're, they're making brains and then they're going to eat them. It's the zombie apocalypse. You know, it's well, uh, what was it? Southern Green is people, right? They will. <laughs> yes. Have you had the um, fake meat? Are you are you a, you're not a vegan or a vegetarian, are you? Or are you I I am not a vegetarian by choice. Uh, oh, I, make, my wife. body stopped producing an enzyme to help break down the more complicated meats like steak, deer, and uh, pussy. Um, but I have been able to develop. Uh, I've been able to get some of that back. So my wife and I's sex life has returned. But I still cannot eat steak and pork. Definitely no tube steaks. So you know, it. I yeah. I, I eat everything or that I can. You know, I, wow. I, it's not a religious thing. Somebody, hello, wow. Caitlin. Yeah, she. I just sent her an email. I guess she. I didn't see that earlier this morning. She had sent me an email uh, to confirm all this stuff. I don't know. I could. I was just looking. I'm sure on Sunday. I sent the links out. Uh, maybe it sent it to the wrong email. I don't know. I, I'm having administrative challenges lately. But she's here now. Uh, let me uh, read her little intro, and then we'll introduce her in. I'm, I'm kind of excited ab about learning about what. Now, let me go for the threesome look. You want to? You have. That's she wants to be on top or on bottom. We should give the lady the choice. Right. Well, we can move her around when, when she gets in. Caitlin okay. Minoski has been doing stand-up for a year and a half that that is 18 months <laughs> and have had the privilege uh, to perform in multiple states in the Midwest and New England. She attended her first comedy festival this past August in Portland, Maine, when Robert, uh, our friend Robert Taylor, who was a frequent contributor to the program, he was there. I wonder if it's the same exact uh, festival. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine Portland, Maine has lots of festivals going on in August. Anyway, she also performed sketch with two uh, groups based in Columbus, uh, artificial idiocy, independent, as well as hot people near you through hashtag studios. She's here now, but my mouse isn't working again. You know what? This is really frustrating with this mouse situation here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome, uh, Caitlin Minowski to, to the program. Now, look at this. You see what's going on? I'm not sure this is mouse-related. Maybe it's my, my program, my... I don't know. I need help. She's supposed to be here in. We just I just added her in. Hello. Hold on a second. We're, we're having technical difficulties. I apologize for this. It's all a rev uh, rev jelly rolls. Uh, it's the restraining order. I have to remain at least two screens away from Caitlin. And you keep now, putting us next to each other. And so, yeah. The, what the, the hell is going on here? Maybe I should go to the other. Oh, there she is. Good morning, Caitlin. I apologize for all, all the technical difficulties we're having here today. Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, good. M meet uh, Dr. Reverend Jelly Roll up in that corner up there. Uh, would you prefer to be up on the top or you like, <laughs> do you like the bottom? I, I am happy where I currently am on the screen. That sounds good, because I, I didn't want anything else to go wrong. Uh, the, the, let's start with the festival in, in Portland, Maine. What was the festival? Uh, do you know the name of it? Remember the it, name? Was a, it was just the Portland, Maine Comedy Festival. Huh. Because uh, our frequent contributor, Robert, was up there. He said it was lovely, and he had a great time up there. Uh, I, I'm not one to believe Portland has comedy festivals like continually, so it's, it had to be the same one. How big, uh, how big was it, and, and what was your experience like up there? There were 150 comedians and sketch and improv groups, and there were 
five to six shows a day. So it was really awesome. I loved the way that it was organized. They had mixers and social events to meet the comics, which is, it took the pressure off of necessarily having to go and introduce yourself at a show. You're right. like, okay, we're all at a bar for the sole purpose of networking. So right. it was awesome. I met a lot of really cool and talented people. Did you uh, use it to network with people and make contacts and, and, and uh, advancing your career uh, that way? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, also, my best friend from high school lives just outside of Portland, so it was nice to get to see her, too. Okay, so um, let's go back uh, about 18 months ago. Well, first of all, did you always want to be in, in comedy? Was this a lifelong goal that you had suppressed until 18 months ago? Or was it, or is this uh, something that was happening on a dare? Tell, tell me about how you got started. I've always enjoyed comedy in many different forms. For a long time when I was a kid, I actually wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, uh, Gary Larson uh, was a big inspiration of mine on the far side. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't super comfortable performing 18 months ago, moved to a new city, got out of a long-term relationship and just needed to get out of the house. So I kind of stalked the local open mic scene and it was about a month or two before I actually went up. Uh, now, uh, did you go to the open mic to act with the intent of doing it and it took you two months to get the courage or uh, did what? Was it after two months of, of actually just going as a fan that that somebody else prompted you to go up? Tell me about that. Went, went, to, went to get the courage um, before I had really made any connections or any inroads. It's like, okay, so there's open mic and then there's like Jerry Seinfeld and I have no idea what any of the middle looks like. And so that, <laughs> <laughs> that two months was just me meeting and talking to other comedians, some of whom were open micers some of whom open at our local club and they have an established career. And so seeing that spectrum was really illuminating. Yeah. Wow. It took months to work up the courage to actually get up on stage. Um, so now a lot of people, uh, and I think I'll kid themselves uh, when they're on this program, the, the people who have not been in comedy very long, I often hear that their first experience, they killed, the first night they killed. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, that's that's all in your mind. Uh, but because the people, who, the comedians who have been on, who have been in the game 20, 30 years, they, they look back and like, I was awful my first night. <laughs> I think as time goes on, you kind of realize that you weren't as good as you think. The, uh, was your experience good? Uh, was it a positive experience? It was a positive experience. So the first time I actually went went up and did comedy at all, I did it one time in college as like a bucket list thing. And I was like, well, I'll never have to do that again. And then it clearly bubbled up several years later. <laughs> but the first time I actually went back in earnest was on a, a talent show mic is how they had built it. So they had set it up as anything that you the kid you would have wanted you to do and so someone tap danced someone like twirled ribbons someone told poetry i did stand up and that was so low stakes it was wow. very helpful i think it was one of two people that did stand up at this mic so uh, that was, yeah. I, I definitely didn't kill because i wasn't very good but i got laughs simply because no one else was doing any comedy. 
Right. Now, this was in a new city, so I'm assuming you didn't have a lot of uh, friend support there, right? Mm-hmm. Just me, and then I invited my brother. Okay. Well, I wouldn't even invite my brother. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you feel more comfortable? For me, especially trying something new, I would rather nobody even knew I did this. Like, none of my friends are family. I, didn't, I wouldn't want anybody knowing that I was doing it until I knew I was good at it. Uh, was that a concern for you? It was more of a, I need someone there to hold me accountable or I'll <laughs> off the stage. So <laughs> he's like, well, I'm your ride, so you can't go anywhere. So you're going to you're going to see this thing through. Um, well, you could have turned that around and said, well, well, why don't you get up there? It's Mr. Big Stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's see you do it. If it, if it you know, if it doesn't take, it takes a lot of courage, I think. I do think, mm-hmm. I think at least the first time. How would you describe? Because uh, I looked around the internet and couldn't find any samples of your work, video or, or audio stuff. How would you describe what you do? So I always bill myself to bookers as clean but not family friendly. So just a personal preference. I don't really swear and I don't really talk about blue material, but a lot of my stuff is pretty dark. So I wouldn't want to do like a birthday party. Yeah. You know what? Anthony sort of like family reunion. Yeah. Anthony Jeselnik, I don't think I've ever heard him use profanity, but he's extremely dark. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's an interesting uh, distinction that you can be really clean as far as language goes, but still be not family friendly in any way. Uh, stories though, or jokes, I mean, well, short jokes or long form stories. What is your choice of um of delivery message <laughs> more so short jokes definitely than long form stories um i think the the longest story i have is maybe two minutes and it's pretty much written to just set up punchline wow so, um since be now, how my brain works now looking around the web you do uh i mean on your instagram page uh did see quite it seems like you're you're working pretty often which is uh, uh, confusing to me because I couldn't find any of your samples on work. Like, how are you even getting this work? I mean, because most people think, and I think it's probably pr- pretty true on most part, the minute you try to get a gig, somebody's going to say, well, let's see your work. Do you, let me see some of your work online. So, what am I missing here? <laughs> uh, I have a lot of unlisted videos on YouTube that I oh. will I oh. still have a corporate job, so I am pretty protective of my material being out where my readers can see it. Right. Wow. That's weird. I mean, not weird. I'm I don't mean to call you weird, (laughs) but you, you, you understand that if you are um, become a major success in this business, you can't keep it a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's kind of strange that you know i understand that you know i have school teachers comedians who are school teachers and uh it, they're reluctant to let their kids their students uh know that they're doing it but their students find out eventually people are going to find out anyway and again your, your instagram page has all this stuff that's going on they're going to be curious and want to find out exactly what you're doing <laughs> you can't keep it a secret you know that yeah, I, it'll eventually reach a tipping point. Yeah. 
Uh, and so, if so, if for a booking, you'll you will send them a direct link, and they can watch it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, corporate work. Tell me about. Uh, do you, uh, do you do corporate comedy? No, I work in transportation. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Legal or illegal? (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out why you're trying to hide it. Is it legal transportation or illegal transportation? (laughs) Because I can see if you're like hiding from the law, you don't want people to know where to find you. (laughs) But if what you're doing is legitimate, you say like, hey, I'm just transporting young children, but for good purposes. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, yeah. Someone has to move those orphans from one orphanage to another. Yeah, Uh that's so. Now, in that cup you got there, that is that coffee or tea? Uh, this is coffee. All right. I like it very much. It's a red velvet from Tim Hortons. I don't know. It's seasonal, so I figured I'd try it. Sell us some coffee, Matt. Sell us some coffee. I'm going to step out while you sell us some coffee. Okay? Yeah, so, so Mind Dog Coffee. <laughs> Mind Dog Coffee is the uh, best coffee on, on the planet. You can get it by going to minddogtv.com slash shop, and we have many different blends. This happens to be uh Whiskey Barrel Blend, which is my new favorite coffee in the world. It's uh, I, I also like the Cowboy Blend, but we, we have our own brand of coffee. We are I'm a a, a coffee enthusiast. Uh, where where you are right now? Where you're in? Uh, are you in the Midwest? Yes. What time? And so it's eight eight forty one in the morning there. Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's, I'm still in Eastern Standard Time. I'm in Ohio. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, what part? What city in Ohio? Uh, what part of Columbus? Oh, Columbus. So there's a big, there is a big uh, artistic community. I always say that anytime they we like have to call them. it their Congress, they call it their state, uh, their government. They don't call it an artistic community. They call it their government, but that's okay. What, I've been to Ohio. You, I'm just saying. Oh, what do you mean the 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 because Ohio's a blue state, a red state in a lot of ways. It's very conservative. So I would be surprised if you're suggesting that they are supportive of the arts in any way on the governmental level. Is that what you're suggesting? No, I thought you said autistic. I'm sorry. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> I thought you said autistic community, which is what they call their government. <laughs> but you said artistic. Artistic, and, yeah. And I apologize. So. My but, bad. My uh, bad. That's fine. Both I, statements can be true. Let's not have any of those kind of flip uh, slip ups in the second hour because that's going to be a little dangerous. Anyway, because uh, <laughs> um, you know, Columbus, Ohio, well, I, filmmakers, comedians, musicians. There's a really re- something in the water is going on mm-hmm. there where there, there's a really deep artistic com- artistic community going on there uh it, it did you go to did you move to columbus for that reason or from wherever you moved from so i am originally from southeast ohio so um like the appalachian part of ohio uh, moved to chicago for school and then ended up moving back to be a little closer to family so i didn't really know anything about columbus when uh-huh. i moved um it's been awesome to be a part of the artist the artist community and there's so much overlap between i mean i was on a show two months ago that was at an artist collective it was literally in one of their outbuildings this converted school that's this artist colony so that was really cool to meet all these visual artists it was in a really cool space that was decorated with a lot of people's work 
Um, I've been on variety shows that have included comedians as well as drag and burlesque artists and visual artists. There's a show that I'm, I'm on at pretty much every other month that's a sketch show. But a cool thing about it is that they have a cartoonist that will draw the sketch, your sketches as you do them, and then they'll raffle off those drawings afterwards. So it's been a really cool fusion of all of the different mediums in this city. And I had no idea that it, any of it existed before I moved here. That's pretty interesting because the things you just, as I alluded to, Ohio as a pretty red state, I mean, uh, politically wise. And the things you alluded to are run counter to to what the red side of the spectrum is is supportive of. And it's very strange that that would be going on. Uh, I don't know if you, you've put a lot of thought in that, but how does that, how does that work? How does that contradiction of the state being red at its core, but there's a large tolerance, a group of tolerant, artistically uh, leading people in the state. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's a contradiction, don't you think? It is. I think, I think the most interesting thing I've seen are, and I'll preface with this, one of the best shows I ever did was in this small town about an hour outside of Columbus, small little rural, like, blue collar town. It was phenomenal, but it was produced by someone that was originally from that city. And the attitude I got from a lot of those people that had a great time was simply, well, when I say that I hate all those like liberal artist people, I'm not talking about you. (laughs) There's this disconnect between this anonymous, amorphous idea of what artists are and then the people that you see in front of them. Because most people are, they, they want to enjoy art. They like comedy. They're impressed when they see somebody's paintings. They think it's really cool and they're talented when they can put a face and a name to that work. Wow, yeah. Uh, Rev, you got any thoughts on that? You smiled there that uh, I'm not talking about you. Uh, I have many, multiple thoughts. I just want you, I just don't want to step on her moment. Oh, no, believe me. By the way, uh, Rev Rev is going to do his own show on this network, uh, but he's filling in this morning for William Conway, who would not be shy at all about stepping into the conversation. So uh, feel free, Rev, if you got any thoughts. I just have a couple of questions. First of all, you're in Columbus, and you can only find two sketchy groups uh, to... uh, the one sketchy group is the uh, artificial idiocy. Now, is that a uh, <laughs> is that a reference to artif- is that a nod to artificial intelligence or natural idiocy? It is a nod to <laughs> both, and that is a sketch group that I formed with two other stand-up comedians. Oh, sketch, not sketchy, because it was Ohio, and I just assumed they were sketchy. Uh, <laughs> my apologies, I'll scratch out that why. So the others, the other group. Um, it says hot people near you. Now are these Ohio hot people or real hot people. Um, so we're 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 operating we're operating on um, LA sevens, but Ohio. Okay. So okay. that's a little bit. I don't know where that where New York falls in that, but, but that's the spectrum that I'm understanding. 
Wow. Well, New York Falls, right now, it actually, they've had so much rainwater there. Everybody's involved in a wet t-shirt contest, and they're going to figure out where they where they stand <laughs> after the contest is over. That, that's uh, true. But actually, now it is beautiful here for the last uh, 48 hours, I would say. It's, it's back to normal. Normal being, because we didn't get a lot of, of rain this whole summer, and then autumn hit and we got nothing but rain but we're bailing out now we're doing okay um so you plans for your your future in your career do you plan on uh traveling hitting the road being a road dog comedian i mean i know you work in corporate corporate america that's not easy to do if you're going to do that you have to plan it around vacations and stuff like that uh mm -hmm. what it, what what is your plan for uh, for your career do you have one <laughs> currently um, trying to transition to more remote work. Oh, transition. See, and we, yeah. we yes, yes. <laughs> there's that word yes. for that word. Yes. And, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for in case you don't know, and you probably don't know this in the second hour, uh, we have a comedian who's a trans person and we were talking about, uh, um, my, uh, I've had another trans comedian on and didn't go well and that person hates me now because i was really clumsy with my language and red was talking about how he used the word transition meaning death you know transitioning to the next phase and existence or whatever and there's so many different meanings so as soon as you said transition my ears picked up transition mm -hmm. uh have you have you seen because you mentioned drag performance and i played in a band behind drag performers and the people I've been in bands with who, who have played behind drag performers were super supportive of it. But now they're because they're told that's evil. Uh, they're not supportive of it at all. Have you uh, performed in any kind of uh, gender bending type of? Um... I, I did one. I did one drag performance in college. Um, they just simply asked they could have somebody else because they wanted an even number. So I did, I did one performance as a drag king. Um, my drag name was Dick Jocelyn. <laughs> I'd be I'd be happy to do it again. Um, I come from a theater background. That's a very strong word for doing theater in high school. Right. But I only really liked the makeup and costuming aspect of that. Um, I would usually take point on that on those productions. So that's a space I'm very comfortable with. Uh, but I, I do a gender bent performance. I just haven't had the opportunity. There's so many talented people that that's all they do in this city. Right. Uh, why you would book me on a show. Yeah. You know, you because uh, I struggled with learning the difference. And I think a lot of America still uh, doesn't know the difference between drag as a performance because drag is theater it is performance it's not mm -hmm. it's not a sexual thing generally it's not it's not about sex in any way it's about performance uh and the, there's a difference between that and transgenderism but most people it, it goes right over their head they don't even understand that you got something to say Rev? i said that's why it's called a drag because it's not about sex they get all their hopes up it's not about sex it's just, <laughs> this is a drag so that, which is the origin of the drag? You know, I just wanted to put the etymology in there. That's I, I did not know that. Well, thank yeah. you for educating me on yes. that. Uh, yeah. that. That's some uh, some good insight there. Yeah, true, now, true story. Yeah, yeah. Now you you say you work dark. Um, 
And I mentioned Jezelnik. Can Blackface. you give me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not what even what she means by by working dog. Can you give me uh, some idea of what like the kind of uh, subjects and stuff you talk about? Because uh, Jezelnik talks oh. about shaking babies and you know. <laughs> Pretty much all of my material is personal to me. So um, a component of my set is talking about my eating disorder, very much in a obviously a joking way, but a lot of people, that's something that they haven't really talked about. I've talked about um, like my childhood and the way that I, I grew up in a, in a pretty rough household, um, mental illness. I have a whole bit about my mom finding my suicide note. Ooh. So again, definitely not friendly for kids, but clean the entire time. Now, wow. did, she, did she find the note pre-attempt or post-attempt? And was there an attempt or was it just a note? Uh, I was I was I was getting my tools ready. <laughs> okay. and what and now what was going to be your offness of choice? Oh, um, NSAIDs. Okay. What? You... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that a, isn't that an erection medication? <laughs> Were you, I don't know. Uh, were you trying to? Pain meds. Oh, oh, okay. The other ones. Mm -hmm. The other ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, you talk no. about uh, eating disorder. I, Rod Bartlett, who's been on this program before, he, uh, he made his uh, bones. Well, he's a very uh, successful comedian, but he was most famous for being on the I Miss in the Morning program for 20 years or so. He did a bit. He was doing uh, a bit about uh, the biggest loser the show Biggest Loser about fat people and the, the fat shaming fat people. He goes, and just in the title, The Biggest Loser, but he was making a joke about it. Like, you would never, we accept that in overweight people and American, nobody had any, like, you know, reaction to calling the show The Biggest Loser and exploiting overweight people and, and shaming them in a way and doing, making them go do all these ridiculous things. So what, could you imagine if there was a, a show like an anorexic bulimic uh, type of uh, show on that, and it was really dog. And that creek at at the time when he did that, uh, man, people were reacting like he was just like that was so wrong for him to do. But I think mm -hmm. he was right in a lot of a sense that we, you know, the biggest loser is God, man. That we don't even consider that. So you know, weight issues, I think, are still. Uh, you know, above and beyond any, we can talk about any of these other things and that people get offended by, mm -hmm. it, but it's, it's still okay to make mm -hmm. fun of fat people. My biggest, my I think the thing that's been most surprising the more I've done comedy is the amount of people that feel emboldened to go up and tell me, you know, you really shouldn't talk about that. When it's my lived experience, that's always. <laughs> Yeah. It's always wild to me that, like, you know, that's that's not really for you to joke about. I was like, but it's my it's my eating disorder. It's literally I'm telling you about my mind and how it's funny because it doesn't make any sense. Right. It affected my life, but that's the absurd thing about it is it's completely illogical because it's a mental illness. That's right. how mental illnesses work, and it's just it's so funny. It's so funny to me that people. Yeah feel i almost want to ask for who because clearly i'm okay getting up i don't i i'm well aware of how i look i kind of have you know like a chipper face and 
I go up and I'm pretty smiley and then I talk about these very dark topics. So I'm clearly doing okay. I don't know what it is about what I'm saying that is upsetting you, but if it's a catalyst for you to look inward, maybe explore your own issues. I'd rather you laugh, but if that's what I get, then I guess that's a net good for the world too. And, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Now, Sister Caitlin, uh, uh, just a point of reference here. What did your notes say? And was this during? <laughs> now, were you, were you a comedian? Were you a comedian at the time that you were planning of committing killing yourself? And if you were a comedian, did you have like a joke in there, like and like maybe a rim <laughs> shot at the end of the note? And how did your mother respond? Did she correct the note, return it to you? Um, See, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because that that is that is the joke is that my mom found it and the first thing that she did was knock how many spelling errors were in it because I was like a little kid. Now, oh, so this is before comedy. Yes, this is before comedy. I was nine. Nine. Wow. Okay. Now, what wow. was the reason that you decided to that at nine years old you're going to give up on the next nine years and then the next nine years? Why was it like nine years? I've had enough of this shit. I've seen enough of the world at nine. I can't My take any more. This is it. The end. Dear mom, uh, I'm nine years old. I've had enough. What was so, the last straw? Uh, had had a had a really had a really rough childhood for a number of reasons. I don't want to get into. Uh, but I was. Oh, also no, you have to. It's prerequisite. Didn't you, didn't you sign? You signed a disclaimer. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was also raised Roman Catholic. And so, like, in my kid mind, I was like, ah, I'll just get to go to heaven. So, like, let's just, like, speed run through this. Which is there are not no Roman Catholics in heaven. Did you know that? I just, I'm just telling you there. There are no Roman Catholics in heaven. <laughs> they, they, there's a special place for them. It ain't in heaven. Mm -hmm. I, think, no. actually, I realize that now. Columbus, Ohio is closer to where, <laughs> closer to heaven than where Roman Catholics are going. Now. You know, <laughs> I, I think it may, I was thinking you got that backwards. I would think that's all there is in heaven, but okay. Well, I'll go with you there. <laughs> uh, now, I was just looking to get your uh, your links because I was uh, struggling this morning, technical-wise. Uh, but there's another Caitlin Minoski. I don't know if you know that because I just went, kateminoski.weebly.com is not you, <laughs> right? Or is it? It, oh, it, might, it might be. I think I had to make a website. Oh, yeah. It, there's, like, nothing on it about uh, uh, comedy. So I was like, no, that can't be her. No, anyway. that, that, that might be mine. <laughs> So at Instagram, it's at Simonoski, and Facebook uh, dot com slash Caitlin dot Minoski. So yes. we'll, we'll send people there. You got shows coming up you want to let people know about? If anybody's tuning in from Cincinnati, I will be there tonight, 7.30 p.m. It's a PG-13 show, so it's clean-ish. Um, our headliner, Adam Minnick, has a dry bar special. He's a local favorite, so... Come on out to that. Hope to see you there. Interesting. I've never heard of a comedy show being PG-13 before. I mean, I've seen clean comics, but they don't, I've never heard of a comic a com comedy show being advertised as PG-13. It's at night, right? It is. <laughs> it's, um, I was told um, comedy needs to be, if it, if it couldn't be in the joke, in the movie uh, Daddy's Home, then it's, it's too dirty for that. I was like, okay, that's a. Which Daddy's Home? Because I have a version of Daddy's Home. 
I don't. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you can put phone. anything in daddy's home because once daddy got home, he put anything in them. So I'm just not saying. the daddy's home from Pornhub. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, that's interesting. Now, Cincinnati, because have you played these kind of shows before? I mean, uh, I'm curious if like a 14 year old shows up, if there are 14 year old kids coming to the show. <laughs> I did. I've I've done a couple clean shows actually at a museum in Finley, and that was it was like for their family fest, and so I've done a few ten minute and fifteen minute spots for that that are all clean. Wow, because I would I don't know I because I'm thinking back when I was fourteen years old I love comedy I but my I was a fan of Carlin I was a fan of Richard Pryor I was a fan of Cheech and Chong people like that I mean I'm talking we're talking the seventies. I can't, I don't, well, I wasn't going to comedy shows though. And I would imagine as a performer, if I looked out and see kids, that would change my mindset on stage a little bit. Mm -hmm. It fucks with me. It fucks with me, especially when they don't tell you they're going to be there and you've got a whole thing and you count it out. You're like, okay, I use fuck nine times and uh, (laughs) shit seven. And then you look in the front row and there's this kid going, (laughs) and the first thing you do is you look at the parents and you say, what the fuck are you doing bringing your kid to the show? You, you, you didn't Google me, did you? And if you did Google me, you should have Googled harder because you'd have mm-hmm. found up in there. Once you Googled real deep with the gloves, you know, some yeah. rubber glove Googling, you'd have found that you should be bringing your kid in here. Yeah, really, really odd thing. Now, and Cincinnati is not that far from uh, Kentucky. So you're going to you're gonna get some uh, Kentucky people to the show too. I mean, right? It's just like mm-hmm. right on the border. Yeah, yeah, nope, right across the river is Kentucky. Now, with Kentucky comedians, since uh, we know it's Kentucky, their their comedy doesn't have any bite because they don't have any teeth to begin with. But <laughs> so, how does you know does the, did their toothlessness influence your comedy at all? You know, <laughs> I'm just sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I always I I always say this when people ask about dark material and kind of where you play it. I, I have I have set up my set in such a way that I have, I guess, worse and better tags. So if the audience is not necessarily feeling how dark something is, I'll do my sillier tags. And if I really want to double down, then I have other ones. So do you have a, any good rape jokes? I think <laughs> do you have any good rape jokes? I'm just I saying. do not. Okay, you're not next level yet. You're not next level dark yet, then. Okay. Not yet. I'm just trying to see where you are in the in the hierarchy of darkness, you know, because there's, um, because as far as comedy goes, there's a darkness scale, which starts off with like Aaliyah, and then it goes all the way up to Wesley Snipes. And I just want to mm-hmm. see where you were in the darkness <laughs> scale. So you're kind of like a uh, Tahaji Henson. Uh, I'll put that in my Instagram bio. Okay. Well, I think we need, there too. you need to kind of include this stuff in your marketing releases and, and, and that kind of stuff is uh, your your degree of darkness, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so okay. Now, you, you mentioned South. you were from uh, Southeastern uh, Ohio. Is this like a homecoming for you? Have you been in Cincinnati? Have you performed in Cincinnati before? And is this like a homecoming? I have performed in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is Southwest Ohio. Oh, so I, uh, see. My geography lesson. I'm sorry. Oh, I no, I, you're perfectly fine. 
I'm going down, <laughs> I, really I'm going down there. He it's really a great is. The doctors have confirmed he's not perfectly fine, but he no. will do. He will do. He's the I'm best getting guy. better. I am getting better. <laughs> he's getting I have, better. I, have, I am getting better. Well, we appreciate you getting up early and being part of the show. I know, you know, comedians generally aren't morning people, but Rev is. Uh, but he's oh, not yeah. a comedian. He's a certified forensic humorist, or at least his alter ego is. I don't know what he is, actually. <laughs> He's a minister of darkness, a dark minister, very dark minister. Uh, and he's performing all in blackface. He's actually a white guy. I don't know if you know this. It's really offensive. He's, he put on blackface just to do this show this morning. Yeah, I, 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 am, I am black from the jokes on up and white from the credit rating on down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Caitlin, thank you for be, uh, get, uh, being with us this morning, getting up early and, and being a, a good sport and, and coming on. I know, uh, did I not send you the link on sunday as i could have sworn i did no i did not i did not get it but i checked my spam still nothing so uh, my, okay my Caitlin, I, just, I just have one last question um how many pounds of coffee should we put you down for uh, <laughs> as much as you're willing as much uh, as you're willing to send me yeah. no no not shirt, send so. it's not nd it's ll yeah yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah uh, anyway, we appreciate you being here. We hope people will follow you once again. It's uh, facebook.com slash Caitlin dot Minoski, and uh, it's at C Minoski on Instagram. And thank you for being here. And we'll continue to follow you. If you've got anything coming up you want uh, promoted in the future, just send them my way and please come back sometime. Lovely. Thank you very much for having me. Nice to meet you, Reverend. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye for now. I'm pushing buttons. There we go. Man, this button pushing. My brother just sent me, uh, he got a, a gift, because uh, today is his birthday. He got a gift of Mind Dog Coffee. Uh, somebody sent him a, it looks like breakfast blend. So good for, good for so brother Mike. Eggs and bacon in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, big fat sausage. Uh, <laughs> That's for stirring, right? I know. Stirring. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, I, I I just have a question. Uh, it, it's in there somewhere. Uh, Evil Ian says that the Reverend does not approve. What does the Reverend not approve of? I I don't know. I was just what, wondering. What did he say? Uh, let me see this comment here. Uh, does not approve. Oh no! You what didn't you approve of? That's what I want to know. It's just like, come on, uh, Evil Ian O two. Uh, Ian is uh, cryptic sometimes, and I misunderstand him. But eventually he will explain. I think he will explain anyway. Give the gift of Mind Dog Coffee. Somebody just did give the gift of Mind Dog Coffee to uh, my brother Mike. By the way, if if you're just joining us, it's also James Inman. James Inman's birthday, which kind of makes me feel a little awkward that my brother and James Inman, Inman share a birthday. Uh, do you know of Inman Rev? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, you're a lucky but... man. You're a lucky man. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, shout out to James. Inman. Well, you're you're following along on that. What what did you say, Ian? What are you saying? Uh, oh, was shaking his head in disapproval of uh, discussing transitioning. Ah, oh no, that's not disapproval. When I shake my head, that's Tourette's. That's Tourette's, right? Um. <laughs> And it's also me. Uh, I have ticks of my own. I'm not perfect. I know I look it. I know I now, yeah, but to just you know, I know I look perfect. Uh, but uh, sometimes I shake my head because I'm telling myself not to interrupt. 
And I'm like, don't say it. Don't interrupt. Don't interrupt. Oh, no, you can interrupt all you want. That's your purpose here is to interrupt because I just say stupid shit. Oh, no, not you. Uh, Her. No. Her. If she's talking, I don't want to interrupt. I want her to finish her thought. Oh. You know, especially if she's, you know, discussing something as important as uh, doing an open mic. Woohoo! I don't want to interrupt that. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I, I should have asked her because a lot of new comedians, uh, younger comics, they have this thing where they call an open mic a show and they'll say like, I'm doing 19 shows tomorrow. And it's right. like, no, no, you're doing 19 open mics, you know. Right. A show is when you can actually disappoint somebody and not get a paycheck. That's a show. Right. Oh, um, I haven't paid in weed. I've been paid in a lot of fucking weed. <laughs> yeah, I, I got paid in lots of different things. And, um, you know, that's a good point because I see that on Facebook all the time. These people who I've been doing, com- I've been doing com- comedy professionally for th- three years and you find out they haven't really had a paying gig or ever or been hired to do a gig. It's all been open mic, but anybody can go to an open mic i don't think you're i don't mean to disparage people but i don't think you're a professional if, if your t- total sum experience is open mic level stuff uh, I, I have but, a question for you this is this is uh, years ago i used to play in a band no no big secret i was a wonderful musician well no i wasn't i was a terrible musician but i had good friends who kept me in the band uh and we did a gig uh, at a university where we were supposed to do a gig all of our equipment was in one vehicle that did not make it to the show. <laughs> the only thing we had was my guitar, none of my pedals, and one chord. I think it was an F sharp minor, and uh, that's it. <laughs> and 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 even most of the band was in the other vehicle, so we, you know, couldn't really perform. I was just wondering, has have you had any kind of disasters? Oh, no. What's the worst disaster you've had as a musician? Oh, well, there have been many. Uh, let me let me start with one that was at a place called Cowboys. Now, we were not a country band by any means. It was the 70s. We were a bordering on progressive. We wanted to be like Steely Dan. Right. Okay. And uh, we got to this club, a club called Cowboys, and I was nervous anyway. And uh, we set up to do a sound check, and my amp blew a fuse. And in those days, when your yeah. amp blew a fuse, what you do is take the, and if you didn't have a substitute fuse, you take the fuse and you'd wrap it in cig- uh, cigarette uh, tinfoil, you know, from the from a Marlboro pack, that uh, tinfoil, and you put it back in and it would work, Right. but it's Until also it dangerous. Right. Yeah. So we did the sound check with that, and I forgot to turn the amp off, and we went to dinner. And we came back, and the fire engines were there, and the club had burned <laughs> down to the ground. And it turned out uh, my amp had caught fire, and the curtains behind it caught fire, and the, and the white flame shot up the wall of the roof, and the roof started burning, and the floss flew over to the barn barn and burned the horse, and the dog ate the meat and died. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> It was so we lost the gig. Not only we lost the gig, but now I'm on the hook for like uh, potential arson. They questioned me, and the police come and all that kind of stuff. And I think I spent like six hours instead of playing music for people, cowboys in, in, in the music they didn't wouldn't want, uh, being questioned by police and fire marshals and all this stuff. And it was. A, and years later, you co-wrote "Smoke on the Water." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And the Flip Wilson a bit about it. Ain't nothing happened, but the dog died. Oh, dog died. Dog died. <laughs> well, he ate some dead horse meat in the barn, and he died. 
Well, I had the dead horse be getting the bomb. Well, because the barn burned down. <laughs> the dog people ate the meat. People who don't appreciate uh, the, the beauty of Flip Wilson, uh, he was he was he was a he was a fucking genius. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, you know, I often bring him up because, oh, especially in the drag queen arguments with yes, people, yes, 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 because people are so, oh my god, oh my god, watch if a kid sees a drag queen, he's going to be uh, uh, like indoctrinated. And I was like, Did, is that what happened to you? Because I know you saw Flip Wilson when you were eight years old as Geraldine, and did you did, did it make you, uh, you know? a drag queen or did it make you a trans person? Because if it didn't, then where's this argument coming from? And their, you know? and their parents must have seen Uncle Milty, who was like probably the, the oldest, you know, that's like the first, you know, and that's not even talking about the movie Some Like It Hot, you know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. So they, they, they don't know what the... Jack Lemon, Jack Lemon, Tony Curtis, but yes. Uncle Milty, the, I don't know if you remember when RuPaul was kind of like bullying him at the Grammy. I think it was the Grammys or MTV Awards, or like late 80s or something, and oh, RuPaul no. and him were assigned to give uh, an award away, uh, and they were up on the dais together, and RuPaul was not being friendly. And at that time, Uncle Milty was a feeble old man and not even able to kind of defend himself in any way or even be a wisecracker back at and it, it was just a really humiliating people felt bad for uncle milty at, at that point you know and, and the thing is they uncle milty was known for uh having a let's just say that he uh he had a slapstick you know, for Johnson, you know, right. they, used to, they used to always tell big dick jokes about Uncle Milty. Yeah, uh, uh, apparently he had like an 18-inch stick or something. Well, Biggest white man least, stick ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and in comedy. And in comedy. So yeah, he yeah. two awards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but so the attitudes have changed and all this stuff, but this whole idea of indoctrination is just bullshit. No, nobody can make you or change. If you are who you are, I don't think anybody can, you know, just seeing shit is going to. I grew up hanging out on 42nd Street and 8th Avenue as a kid, uh, and there was nothing but prostitutes and, and drug dealers and trans people and everything under the sun that was a vice was there when I was a kid. It didn't make me do any of those things. I'm not a drug addict. I am a pot smoker. But and there was not. That, and you're a musician. Got to you know, yeah. throw that in there. I was that. you're doing radio. So. I, yeah, I was that before I, I started hanging out there. So I count that as. Uh, you know, I've been a musician since I was seven years old. It was oh, that's true, and you probably didn't start smoking pot till you were eight. So. Nine, nine, oh, okay. nine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, dropped acid for the first time at ten. And who, it, okay, who dropped? Oh, you dropped it, and someone else picked it up, or someone picked that, someone dropped it. And you picked well, it up. Well, that's what. Yeah, obviously, that's what we used to call. But window, yeah. or not window pane, blotter acid. Uh, in those days, which was a little piece of paper that they put the chemical on and it would dry and then you would eat it. Blotter acid, what they call it. Uh, yeah. Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve mass in, in the uh, church. Uh, we go to midnight mass, uh, my friends and I, and we're up in the balcony of the church. The church is filled with everybody in the town. There were only like seven seats left up in the balcony and we're sitting there and we're going, oh my God, I'm tripping my balls off. Oh, this is fucking amazing. And everybody's just like 
to, you know, how people do when they're on acid, just rattling away, laughing and giggling. And then all of a sudden there's a nun in front of us. And she goes, son, son. <laughs> and we were all like laughing at like, and we, this was even before Blues Brothers, and we were calling her Penguin. Look at the stupid Penguin, and and uh, she finally, finally, one of my friends went over to her and said, "What are you rambling on about, you crazy nun?" She said, "There's a microphone in front of you. Everybody in the church is listening to every word you say." And we we looked, and everybody on the in in the pews were turned around looking up at us, and I think it I think it was me who said, I'm pretty sure it was me who said, "I think we should go." <laughs> <laughs> and we just got up in single file and walked out. And then uh, when school was back in, it was like the talk for two weeks. That's all everybody talked about. The tripping boys from from, and we were we were kid, we were ten, eleven years old at the time. I was ten, but the guys I were with were eleven, maybe twelve was the oldest. It was a yeah. scan, scandalous time. What's the what's the? Have you ever had a person, a friend of yours, uh, pass out drunk, and you? played a really bad prank on them or a good prank depending on your point of view what's the best prank you played on one of your drunk friends uh i never really played great pranks on my, one time we we covered a guy in baloney uh but it was that those are weak stuff the the one the worst ones happened to me i was the guy uh i woke up on the top of a barn uh, uh they put me up on the roof of a barn and with 13 puppies in the barn screaming, just barking their heads off because the mother wasn't with them. And they were just barking the whole time. And I was like, extremely, I was, you know, alcohol poisoned. It wasn't just, this wasn't just a hangover. This was passed out for three days. Uh, they said I was puking up rocks and stuff. It was like it, it was bizarre. But at the end of the three days, finally coming back to life. And this was my experience with my head bursting. And the sun beating on me, I'm feeling, what the hell's going on? And I wake up and I see the sky, and I look down and I'm like 40 feet in the air on the top of this barn, and these dogs are just barking their heads off. Um, <laughs> another time, uh, the, the time we covered the kid in baloney, <laughs> and he woke, he woke up and he was like freaking out because he couldn't breathe because we covered his nostrils in baloney. <laughs> And he got up, and everybody came running out of his room, the room he was in, because they were all watching him. And I was outside the room, and this big fat guy ran into me, and there was a a, a fish tank, a, like a nine foot tall fish tank, and he knocked into me and knocked me through that, and things splattered, grass all broke, and the fish were all flying all over the place, and it, it was I almost got my I got cut up all over the place. I almost had my juggle juggler cut. Uh, I had, slash on my neck you know that kind of stuff but no i think the pranks mostly happened to me because i was the one passing out drunk uh severely with all that stuff another guest is late i think i'm gonna email her uh talk to me while i uh oh sure i'll tell you about the uh when when i was in my 20s and 30s and my i I went i was i should frequently hang out with uh, police officers uh state troopers and local county police officers uh and they would uh they, they party if you've never if you've never been to a party for police officers yeah. you must go to at least one because first of all they have great drugs that they've confiscated from a bunch of other people and only turned half in they have a lot of little uh uh they they all, when they park all the police cars in front of the house they know nobody's going to call the cops on a party they have some of the best looking hookers i've ever in 
it seemed because they owed favors, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't know about the behind the scenes part of the policeman's party. I don't know like, about the participatory portion, uh, but they party hard because they know they're not getting in trouble. So we were out one night drinking like, like, like nobody's business. And one of uh, the officers was really, really, really ripped up. And so we said, let's take him to his neighborhood, but drop him off at the wrong house. And this is like around three o'clock in the morning. We figured we drop him off. We drive around the block and we come back and get him because three o'clock in the morning, nobody's keeping their doors open. He'll be like, you know, locked out. We thought it was funny. We drive around the block, we come back, there's more police there because these people did not lock their door. He just walked in. <laughs> wow. And so, of course, they think they got a burglar. He thinks he's home. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. And he's a police officer, so he's like really indignant. What are these people doing in his house? <laughs> so they called the police and we had to, we drove around and saw the police car said, let's keep on going. <laughs> we'll let him sort it out. No, so that was the uh, 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 Jim. His name was Jim. I won't say his last name because we had three friends that were Jims back then, and they had to figure out which Jim it was that we did it to. But uh, you yeah. know what? I don't. I can't believe this happened. On you know what? And you were on Sunday uh, a part of my uh, uh, incompetence on Sunday. Anyway, letting a lot of people down. I can't. I can't see where I sent um, my next guest the login on Sunday. I could have sworn I did this Sunday morning. And Caitlin also I didn't send one to. I blame myself for being just a total fuck-up lately, but it appears well, I never sent her the login for this morning. Get it on the record that this is not a uh, trans thing. You you're you just fucked up for everybody because you forgot about G.D. Fenderson also. So he, he it's not... You, uh, no, it, Diane. It, it, it's not well, you, Diane. He really was out of it on Sunday. He was right. Well, either that or I am like the world's biggest bigot because I, 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 I was, um, I neglected a woman, a trans person, and a black man all in one day. So the trifecta. The I'm trifecta. like the hero. I'm a MAGA hero. You, you are. You, there will be a statue, or there will be like a Rocky statue of you. <laughs> At the top of at the, at the top of some staircase, I would say library, but they probably wouldn't have a library. They the problem was I couldn't find an Asian or uh, um, a Latino to to piss off that day either. Next I would have I would have done the cycle. I would have hit for the cycle. Oh, uh, they're all next week. You got you got till you know next week. You can do it. Right. I think later on this oh Thursday. I should check to make sure Thursday I have two two people I can't pronounce their names. Uh it's it's sad, but uh let, let's see. I just wanna do my best and tell you about the people who are coming on. Uh Akua Doko Doku it's A K U A D O K U. How would you pronounce that word? Uh Okua Doku. I would say yo. I pronounce it yo. Yo. Yeah. And the other one is Aditya Maya. A D I T Y A M A Y Y A. And that's the first question I would ask her. Why? Why? A? Why? 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 Yeah, two, that's why? the first question I'd ask her. Yes. The the hardest thing for me is name pronunciations. Even you know, I always fuck like yesterday with Tyler. 
I, I pronounced his last name Schwanky, and I yeah, almost made Schwank. a joke about it. Hey, Schwank. Yeah. Schwanka. Schwanka. Like, how, no, but. It's funny, I mentioned him to my wife about the, the Schwanky, Schwanky, Schwanka, whatever. So I mentioned it to my wife, and I had, uh, I was giving William kudos for knowing about the delivery truck. Yeah. And, and my wife looks at me and she goes, You know about that? And I said, I do. And then she reminds me that I knew about that. I'm like, Oh, William's not so fucking special. Oh, because I was like going to give him kudos, like, oh, that's a deep dive. And my wife goes, No, you know that. And you just that we just reminded we just reminded me of where my video uh stuff was about. Yes, I was talking about there were no such things as videotapes. When I was a kid, Swank, and I almost made this joke yesterday, Swank was a pornographic magazine. You had Playboy. Yes. Where you could see naked women. You had Penthouse where you could see probably sometimes see a vagina, but it was covered in like as much Afro as uh, Link from Mod Squad had. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then you had Schwank, <laughs> which, I mean, it was like today's pornographic movies nothing was hidden except for the vagina and this is what i i can't wrap my head around wrap my head around the vagina you could have longer but go ahead the the vagina in those days every one of them i don't care if you're white black Asian, whatever you had an afro on your vagina. I mean, this even blonde women had big black afros on their vagina. Oh yeah, whatever. I don't know how, but they wore bikinis, and somehow none of that bush was ever sticking out of a bikini. I, how long it must have taken in suction cups and to get all that bush tucked into a, a well, it's 50, simple, 50. simple technology. You reach down, you pull the you pull the top of the bikini out reach down in and grab all the hair and then you pull the hair up, release the bikini and now the hair is inside. It's simple science. It's the same technique, same technique we use to pull in long penises and saggy nuts. You reach down, pull them upward, let go and it falls inside. Well, unfortunately we don't have any uh, model ready to uh, display the technique here and, and actually- Give me a moment. My, my, my wife left, my wife is on vacation. And I, she left the cat, and I can. My cat, I think the cat's old. right behind you. He's in the bush. <laughs> That's one oh. big put. But my, no, the, <laughs> we, uh, my, my, we have a my, my wife Amona is, uh, uh, is in. Well, she's not there yet, but she's in transit to the West Coast. Oh. And so she left me in charge of uh, the cat uh, Tootsie, and our dog stopped dropping. So. Wow. Yeah, I'm in charge of the role household until she gets back. She's trusting me not to burn shit up. I am really freaking out with this mouse situation because I'm trying to control that computer and the the cursor is over here. And these aren't networked computers, which is really freaking me out. Like, they're not supposed to be anyway. You know, you're a married man. Does your wife take vacations without you? Not, no, she hasn't, but I, I, she wants to. Now, the reason why I ask is because <laughs> my the reason why I ask is because my wife and I met when I was like forty, yeah, forty. So we've been like, oh no, not for 44, 44. because uh, yeah, it's been twenty years. So forty, yeah, forty. I was forty-four, and up until that point, I had managed to not starve to death, or you know, get arrested for you know anything stupid, you know, or, well, 
arrested for smart things, but not stupid things. But the main thing is I never starved to death. But whenever my wife goes away on vacation now, and she takes vacations without me like one a year, uh, because I travel comedy, so this is like our trade-off, kind of. She, When she leaves, she wants to make sure I don't starve to death. So she makes sure I have food. You know, she's like, what are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? It's like, you know, you could, if you left me with an re empty refrigerator, I'd find something to eat. You know what I'm saying? I didn't starve for 44 years. I'm not going to starve for one week while you're gone. It's not like I forgot how to buy food while you're, you know. But it's funny that she's she left. And before she left, she wanted to make sure the refrigerator was stocked for me so I wouldn't starve that one week. And I was just wondering if your wife treats you like an idiot no, also. No, yeah. Well, first of all, I do all the cooking and, and food shopping in this house. My wife doesn't eat. She she almost like she's a she's not a vegetarian, but she sure she does salads a lot, uh, and I can't live on just salads alone. I'm I'm a carnivore. Um, what about but, a steak salad? You know, yeah. you put a little but steak. My wife. Well, first of all, we didn't meet until I was forty eight. Uh, so, uh, but. Um, she, in our early our first two years of marriage, she would call me up at work at 10 o'clock in the morning and ask what I want for dinner that night. And I, I would be freaking out because I'd be at work and I'm just getting my day started and I got so much on my plate and I can't think about dinner at night and would bark at her a little bit. And so she decided, I guess, as, as a kind of revenge or something, I'm never going to make him dinner again. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> For the last 13 years, I've been the one, you know, and, and sometimes I ask her, well, you know, you want me to cook tonight? And she'll yell at me, no, I can't eat anymore. I'm like, what the hell? She's always, she's, you know, we talk about uh, weight and joke, joking about uh, eating disorders and stuff like that. She's always trying to lose weight, even though she's, when she's thin, she's trying to lose weight. She gains like two pounds. It's like a... A catastrophe oh my god i can't eat for a month uh, and like, yeah crazy so no we don't have that kind of relationship the only time she ever went away without me was she went camping with our, our daughter uh and it was supposed to be three days and she was only gone a day and a half and i was you know i kind of not like i would look forward to but no but there are things you can do around the house i mean my thing to be honest when my wife is gone i do like to fix things because there are things that I know that need to be fixed before she's gone. Like, uh, I need to do the gardening, uh, to, yeah. you know, because we had a well dug up and, you know, we have well water and around our well, we had um, daffodils and all these flowers. So they came in with the bucket, dug up all this shit. So now we have like one third of the daffodils and stuff. So now I got to redo the whole thing. Wow. I don't want somebody over top of me going, uh, are those the bulbs for the tulips or are those the bulbs for the daffodils? You know, I don't, you know, I, I want to just put them in, cover it up and wait till next year to see what grows. You know, I don't right. want well, to. First of all, let, let's clear this up. You drink well water? Yeah, we have well water. We have well water. Yes. Wow. If I, if, if I did, I'd be dead long ago. Um, but that's good. That's impressive. But here, the water, the, the water is so poison. Uh, if we add well water, even our tap water, it, our tap water comes out like this strange gray, uh, not see-through water. So we, I, we have you know a water Filters. cooler. I, oh, okay. I, yeah, 
Yeah, I go and buy those big, like office water cooler things. Yes, yes, those. I've had those. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what comes out of our tap is like a scary looking, chemically looking water. We are uh, on, I'm about a half a mile from a nuclear power plant that never opened. But they, <laughs> they've been doing experiments here with it since the 70s. It was supposed to open, but I was one of the hippies protesting it because on Long Island, there's no escape route. If, right, if, right. if something happens, like you're stuck here with it, but it's now I never expected it to be in my backyard. It's it's literally in my backyard. I got Nicholas Nicholas Tesla's lab, two hundred and fifty feet that way, and then uh, a, a dormant nuclear power plant about a half mile that way, and I'm stuck in between them. Now, just so the audience can understand this, if you were to look out your window, can you see the towers? The you know the no, the towers were broken down, but if I walk down the block, I can see them. Yeah. Okay, show them how big they would look to you. You know, like this. Like if I look, they look this big. That 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 gives us perspective, so we know how far away they were. You know, oh, so how uh, big were they? Like this? No. Oh, when, so when you. Oh shit! You were close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. You you were you were may not have any more kids close. <laughs> oh yeah, I've gone rift. Uh, I'm definitely not having any more kids. Listen, uh, my sperm count was always like very low to begin with. That's a whole other story. I I, I got short. Uh, oh, Diane said she forgot about it completely. I can't. It's uh, her fault, not yours. She can't make the interview. I'm kind of relieved because. I did not want it to be perceived that I, I had slighted her because of the trans issue. I, you know, I'm, I am so, you talk about uh, liberal guilt, and I, I don't even consider myself a liberal, but I am so uh, guilty from the outcome. I don't want to be perceived as a bigot on any count and hypersensitive to the fact that anything I can do that might make me look like I did this intentionally because of our situation. Well, this uh, is this is a prime example of why two heads are better than one. Because had she kept the other head, maybe one of the two of them would have remembered. <laughs> See, but because she only has one head now to do the thinking, you know, there's a you know, she has a greater twice the chance of forgetting something. That's all I'm saying. So for the <laughs> so I was like, what the hell was that? Yes. Yeah, so you know what? I'm going to offer her, I'm going to continue calling her a her, uh, an opportunity to reschedule. Because you know what? I think it's important to have uh, the, the perspective of, and someone who, Julia Scotty, I think is, that's her, her last name, the one who hates me, uh, a shot at having a trans comedian on who doesn't necessarily hate me. Somebody that I won't piss off right from the beginning. So, well, um, in the event that I'm not here, when you have her back, uh, the question I wanted to ask her was, uh, uh, since she's had the opportunity to be inside of the secret men's society and inside the secret women's society, you know, she gets to hear, the, you know, she's, she's heard both sides of it. What secrets would she tell the men about the women and what secrets can she tell the women about the men? That's what well, I want to know. I'm not sure she was welcome in the secret women's society here because she uh, identifies as a lesbian. Now, don't we all? Don't it doesn't every guy uh, identify as a lesbian? But it's, if this is where it gets really confusing to me, is that if you're into women, the you know you're making it. Um, but I don't she's, know. I think she's been with a 
a guy for seven years now. Oh, really? I think so. I, if I remember, because I, I watched her. No, that was me who's been with a guy for seven years now. Oh, oh. But Willie doesn't count. He's not a real man. Right. He only has got one testicle, right? That, yeah, right. No, right. he's not a real man. So Yeah, not a but real man. Not, no, but uh, a so man. She, she did a 13-minute, 18-minute uh, bit uh, and uh, on uh, YouTube. I watched it last night. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure she said she's been in a relationship with a man for the past seven years. Wow, I didn't see that one. Now, that's that's confusing. So he, ugh, she was a guy. She became a woman. Did, did all lesbian shows because she's doing these. You know, I've seen lots of shows where she's doing just all lesbian comedy. And then she became a straight woman. Uh, you know, so I, I'm going to tell you what. Those of you do not do not take my uh because I was out late last night and I was watching this video at 1.26 in the morning trying to bone up, no pun intended, on uh I was trying to bone up on uh the, the, the guest. <laughs> and so it was around 1 30 in the morning. So I may have slipped, uh, but I was I'm, I'm I, I would bet I would bet a pound of mind dog coffee. Wow, that that's a lot she, of coffee. Yeah, that she said that she was in a relationship with a man for seven years. Um, but if I'm wrong, I owe you. Yeah, you. Uh, uh, I bet you, I owe you I, one pound of coffee. I bet you're right, and I'm wrong. I mean, Carl has it right. This is uh, foot in your mouth with the dog. Um, but uh, she has a lot of material on YouTube, like more than most people I know who, uh, who are in comedy. She's not definitely not afraid of burning material. So I'll go over it, and, and before we have her on, I will. Learn more. I will do a better job. Now, it's not a competition, but GD has like 200 videos on YouTube. I was just saying, do you know people, comedians with more than that? No, I was going to, you know what? I was actually going to say from, she has more than most people except you. I was going to say that, but I didn't say that. I don't uh, know why I stopped myself. I was just, yeah, I was just curious because I know GD has like a lot of, because he doesn't, he's not afraid of burning material. He's afraid of being forgotten when he dies. <laughs> that's that's what he's afraid of. You know, he doesn't want to be forgotten when he's dead. Right. Uh, but that's not you. That's CD, right? You, no, you... no, because I'm not going to die. All right, no. right. You're not going to die. Uh, you know about this uh, thing on Spark TV that GD has? Uh, tell tell people about that while we have some time here now since we don't have a, a guest on. Oh, okay. It's very... Uh... It's UK Spark, by the way, for some reason. Uh, Spark TV is a uh, streaming, I guess it's an it's a internet streaming service that, that you could go there. And there's a lot of independent artists on there, um, independent filmmakers, independent um, TV shows, uh, you know, like independent t uh, sitcoms and stuff like that done by people like you who have the talent and the finished product, but not the venue to have it displayed. So Spark right. TV does does that. Uh, GD Fenderson has like three 90 minute specials. You know, he calls them specials because they were special to him, but no one else. <laughs> and, and they're on Spark TV. But he also has a show called Dunway Past Funny, of which Matt was uh, interviewed for. And as a matter of fact, I am going to be interviewed on there also. I, we're working out a schedule where we can both do this. But wow. so like back the back issues of um, Dunway Past Funny, those interviews are also on Spark TV as far as as far as G.D. Fenderson is concerned. Um, his page is called Documenting My Funny. Uh, 
or it's called So GD Funny, Documenting My Funny. But it's So GD Funny and Documenting My Funny. But that's if you're interested in GD Fenderson. Spark right. TV, and that's with two Ks, S-P-A-R-K-K. Uh, GD would not get involved with something when it had three Ks in it. So KK TV. You, you, yeah, yeah, it would be good. To, uh, Spark KKK. Um, also, like, uh, not to uh, take anything away from Spark TV yes. with two Ks, not three Ks. Uh, public Broadcasting Music Television Live is now looking to add comedy to their, uh, it's another internet television station run by a guy named Corey Rosen, who John Lachlan, Lachlan, uh sent my way. He wants to add comedy to his lineup, and he has some comedians doing shows on there. It's a regularly scheduled type show. If you have stuff, it's PM, pbmt.com. Uh, I think that's it. Let me just click on this. Um Oh, it just opens up a Facebook page? No, that's not right. Oh, no, because it's coming from a Facebook link. Uh, PBMT PBMTV.org, and you can go there. I will. If anybody's interested in that, you got content, you want to be part of this thing, I think I might I might uh, put some content on there. You know what? I'm a, one of these people who, obviously, we're on so many different platforms. Even if it gets me two views on Rumble, uh, I'm you're happy to be there because it's two people who wouldn't have seen me otherwise. So, right. I'll, and to I'll somebody, put... it's new. No matter how old the stuff is, to, if it's funny, it's still, if it's funny and new to them, that's all that really matters. Right. Are you on Rumble at all? Uh, no, no. My wife you're thought on that now. Was, No, my <laughs> wife thought Rumble was uh, something uh, ill. Rumble not, yeah, it, yeah, that's what she was thinking. She goes, no, you will not. Uh, and I'm not saying that my wife controls everything I do. She just controls my nuts. And the amount of pressure she applies determines what I do. It's not my, so my wife does not control me. Just I'm letting it out there right now. I'm my own with. man. She just controls my nuts, and that right. determines my actions. Well, so. maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good thing. I guess she won't make you grumble. But Rumble <laughs> has had this um, this thing, this stigma. And I, I thought I was doing really well when I first when I started doing this, and I was like seeing numbers that were like extraordinary. I was like, "Wow, we're doing way better than YouTube on Rumble." They got found out that they were all fake. All the numbers on Rumble, because the way they were counting them was if you scrolled past it, but right. if you scrolled past it for a, 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 you know, if it took you a second to scroll past it, they would count that as a view. So all of a sudden, I'm seeing thousands of views on there, and thinking, "Well, I'm doing great on there." Turns out, not so, not so much. But they've changed the way they're counting them now, and they will give you views and actual viewers, like two different numbers. And right. so now I'm feeling like they're getting that right because I hope they're getting it right because actual viewers are like 21, and that seemed like that will be yeah. <laughs> something. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. And if anybody, actually, if anybody out there knows the answer to this, please let me know because I really do want to know. On Facebook, sometimes they will suggest a friend to me. Like, and I want to know, are they suggesting that same person? Are they suggesting me to that same person, like at the same time? And so why aren't they looking at it and go like, I want to be his friend? You know, is it like a standoff? Like, I'm not going to friend them till they friend me. Uh, that's all I want to know. Does anybody know if when they suggest a friend to you, if they've suggested you to that same person? I think Anything? so, but not like not like in sync. 
but they they will come up in there, scroll along of uh, people you might want and people you may know, that kind of thing. I don't think they uh, do it simultaneously. Like I'm going to send you this, suggest them to you, and then and you and them to you know back and forth. I don't think it's simultaneous like that. But I was just curious because literally, I'd be like, I'll get a Facebook message and it says, "Here's a friend suggestion for you," and I'll look and it'll be like two mutual friends. Right. I'm like okay. And then the two mutual friends are actually just mutual friends of other mutual friends. And somehow we just clicked. No pun intended. Yeah, I get uh, I get a lot of uh, women who are, you know, they fr- their friend requests me and I see they got 50 uh, mutual friends. And I go and look and it's the same fucking dudes who are just like perverts. And they like, <laughs> and I know I, I could tell by if, if it's, a certain group of friends, these dudes, I'm like, I know this is just a scam woman. This is not a real thing. I generally look at their profile, and if I don't see comedian, musician, filmmaker, or something in there, I right. will delete them. Uh, and sometimes I think like I could be, you know, cutting off some people uh, prejudicially, uh, unfairly. But you know what? If you're not in show business, I don't want to know you. Somebody e- uh, emailed me the other day saying we could be friends, and I said. Are you are you in show business? I haven't heard back from him yet. <laughs> it's like, well, I care about it. Not because I'm looking to make celebrity friends, but if if we have nothing in common, and I can't see, you know, what what do you want to do? Flirt with me? I got nothing to flirt about, man. My my that flirt game, my that, flirt that, game is dead. No, I don't know. I, I think I think if you did a little work with that mustache, you could probably pull off a. You could. They, I don't have the a resurgence of the. Remember how that was that that guy Tom with the mustache from Magnum PI, Tom Tom Selleck. Selleck. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the big uproar there was, and then and he never really went away. His entire fucking career is based on his mustache. Right. I mean, I think you actually could do a better job because you actually have less hair to distract from the mustache. That's true. Yeah. Um but I don't have any energy or desire. I, listen, I couldn't even talk myself into masturbating. Uh, I, but you're not, you're not supposed to talk. You're supposed to whisper. I'm, I'm just not interested. I'm just, <laughs> I, I definitely I feel like, uh, you know, in the army, they used to give guys salt Peter to calm them down, their sexual desires. I feel like I probably, somebody has been slipping me. Maybe it's the, the wife. Maybe it's the water from uh, the nuclear power plant. Something. <laughs> Uh, my sex drive is like uh, really low, really low. I'm a, I'm a neutered dog at this point. I'm I'm like that dog that has gotten old and just wants to lay on the you know, lay around on the porch and just like lick his balls every once in a while and is content with that. I have a I have like a great story that I can, I never tell in public or when something's recording it because you know this is sort of public even though there's only and it's also being recorded. So I will not tell the story, but. If, if we are ever alone, like without recording devices, I will tell you the story because it is really funny, but it's also really damaging to a marriage. <laughs> it's oh. really damaging. It's a, And the thing is, nothing bad happened. But I'm going to tell you now, uh, I have this thing. I, I do not have I do not have any secrets from my wife. I just have shit. I don't tell her. <laughs> well. One of the thing, one of the reels that w- went viral, and there was a lot of negative reaction to it last night, was you telling Will about the art of uh, lying by omission. And she said <laughs> it's only, 
it's only a lie if there's an intent to deceive. I forget how you put it, but people were. I got. I can't tell you. Probably uh, upwards of twenty people with negative comments about this. You know, promoting you know lying and all that kind of stuff. And this is a man of the cloth. They're like, not really a man of the cloth. <laughs> Well, technically, I am. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think some of it's rayon, some of it's cotton, some of it's linen. But uh, yeah, so yeah. Now, Bean Flicker is talking about Tom Sellers legs. I always thought those legs looked ridiculously stupid because he would wear these hot pants shorts, and he was like nine foot tall or whatever he is, and you all mean, of that like, was legs. John Stockton NBA short. Yeah, and he, oh. he he looked like one of them birds, like a flamingo or something. That's all leg and no body. Like it, it'd be like seven feet of leg and then a, a foot of body on top of that, in those hot pants shorts, like like chicks are supposed to wear. I don't know. I guess Kelly thought that was hot, but Kelly thinks anything is hot. She probably get she's probably flicking it right now, uh, with you know two old geezers talking to each other on the, on it's on the internet. Possible. But then again, you know, they, they say uh, once you grow old, it'll stick and hold. Yeah. I think that's what they say. Now, don't get me wrong with what she's saying. I'm weird. Uh, I like body hair. Did he have hairy legs? I don't know. I don't remember that. I, I thought I remembered him having, like, really white, white, long legs, like a flamingo. We should, know, I, if I had I, a picture... Oh, if ahead. my mice's, mouse's, mooses were working correctly, I'd pull up a picture of them as Magnum in the hot pants. Let me see. Magnum, Piat. Now, when I was in my 20s and 30s, as a matter of fact, even now in my 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 mid-60s, I don't have a lot of chest hair. If I did not shave my chest for two years, I'd have four hairs. Um, see, Kelly, so when Kelly I was in my 20s, like I had like one hair. And I it was... Actually, I didn't mean to have one hair. I, I had 12 hairs and I shaved my chest because I was going on a date and I felt like she got my shirt off. I didn't want her to see just 12 hairs. So I shaved my chest and I shaved 11 hairs off. So I left wow. one hair on without realizing it. And so we're lying in, in, in bed and, and she's got her fingers twirling that one hair. And I got embarrassed because I'm like, oh, shit, I, you know, you're a man. You either want no hair or all hair. You don't want just like one hair. Especially since I had 12, but I missed one when I shaved them off. And she's twirling it with her finger. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed. She goes, oh, no, it's cute that you only have one hair on your chest. Wow. Like, yeah. Uh, and she, so, bought me a 12, she bought me a 12-string guitar. Wow. And I don't uh, know if it's because the one hair on my chest or the... She thought you were playing a one string at the time. Yeah, so she bought me a 12-string guitar. And I don't know if that was a reference to the fact that I told her I had 12 strings on my chest, and that's why she bought me the um, 12-string guitar. But, you know, it's if I had known that's how you get stuff, I would have. Now, uh, I don't know if we can see this. Why isn't it shared yet? Uh, here it's coming in. Wow, everything is so slow here today. But there's Magnum. He doesn't have hairy legs. He's got muscular legs. Uh, he does have a hairy chest. If we look at uh, let me look now, here. unless I'm mistaken, is that a razor cut? It looks like he he shaves his legs. He's it, he shaved his legs. It does look that way, right? Yeah, he shaves his legs. Because yeah. you can't have. I'm telling you now, you cannot have a chest like that and no hair on the thighs and stuff. No, he's he's shaving his legs. That's weird with the line right across your dick there on in the. <laughs> 
this picture over here. On oh, the yeah, right. the shorts, the swim shorts. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. I My legs are hairier than that, and my chest is not all that hairy. Although my chest hair, I do have chest hair, but it's kind of like so... And I'm more tan than that. And, I'm, and, I'm, and light that you, yeah. it doesn't look like I have any chest hair at all, but I do have chest hair. Uh, yeah, and I got a better tan than that, so I'm not impressed. Yeah, you do have a better tan. Um, do you do you burn? <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, and the reason why I say not really is because uh, sometimes, like uh, I, no, like I, 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 if I have like uh, oil. Uh, let's say on my hands and I touch my face, that spot will burn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I don't generally burn. No. Interesting. I'm, I'm just uh, you know obviously scrolling through some. <laughs> I did burn. Up. I did burn like a mother when I was a teenager. Once I was in Miami, and uh, you know you know chicken fights are right when someone sits on your shoulders in the in the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we were having a chicken fight, and the girl on my shoulders had baby oil on her thighs because back then in the 70s we thought baby oil was protection from the sun <laughs> or right. it helped you tan i can't remember but she was a, a light-skinned uh african-american woman or as we say in the uh, in the vernacular a red bone uh very light-skinned light bright damn near white gorgeous half indian half it doesn't matter one of my first crushes when i was a child so she was teenager i was a teenager she was on my shoulder and she had baby oil on her thighs and we're having a chicken fight a chicken fight and when the chicken fight was over her baby oil was like on my neck and shoulders which i wouldn't have removed anyway because it smelled like her um but (laughs) and i was like oh man i can still smell it on my shoulders and like hours in the sun that baby oil turned my beautiful brown skin to like uh oh uh, some like something that was left in the oven a little bit too long it was wow. I was peeling and I didn't know because I'd never peeled before. I I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. I what's all the skin? I, I'd never peeled before. I was 13 years old. But what? I've never made that mistake again. No. Ian bringing up Red Moan. Uh come and get your love. I don't know why he's bringing that up right now, though. Do you say Red Moan? Did I miss yeah, that? Yeah, because uh in the in the African American community or black or whatever year this is, uh a, a black woman who was very, very, very light and almost white was called a red bone out of affection. And I don't uh-huh. know why. I honestly do not know why that became the term red bone. I have come no and idea. get your love. That's and that why. could be why the, the band called themselves that. They had red bone fever. We don't. They know. were actually they were Native Americans. I don't know if uh, if that came played into it. I'm, oh, I might that that is something I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, oh, by the way, I mentioned Rumble before. Rumble, the movie which is on Netflix. It's a documentary. It's a history of Native Americans in rock and roll. Fantastic, an educational movie. Anybody who's interested in, and you will find out stuff that you did not know about great Indian Native American guitar players and singers and all that kind of stuff, but mostly guitar players that will surprise you. What's called, what's it called? Cause I rumble, have, rumble. Just rumble the movie. I, if I, if I Google that, I don't have to Google anything else. I don't have to like say, uh, do you mean the porn or the musical or? Well, actually, if you get Google, you're probably going to get the, uh, the streaming media site. I, let me see, Rumble. Uh, I would. I don't Rumble the movie. Yeah, Rumble. 
live streaming. Yeah, that's what comes out. Rumble, uh, Rumble apps on Google, Rumble. That's so weird. I, yeah, you know, it's stupid to name your fucking movie after a, a popular app like that. Um, document- How old is the movie? It's not that old. It's on Netflix, and it's got, like, relevant people in it. Uh, Rumble documentary. That's where, yeah, that's what you wanted. The Indians Who Rocked the World. It's called Rumble hyphen The Indians Who Rocked the World on Netflix. Um, Rumble The Indians Who Not Rocked the World. That's that's the name of the title of it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on uh, Netflix. I'm going to uh, watch it. I'm going to watch it while my... While, um, well, you can just go to rumblethemovie.com. Rumblethemovie.com is the, the site for it. So, yeah, really, I'm, I'm really great stuff. I'm sure you'll be impressed by it. I always knew about Robbie Robertson from the band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there were so many more uh, Native Americans in it that I was surprised by that. I wonder who that is calling me. 917 area code. Seems a little suspicious to me. Anyway, I'm not answering it. Well, it could be, you know, that, that, you oh, call that could be Willie calling you from an airport and he lost his underwear again. It could be one ball Willie uh, in uh, stuck between South Dakota and Grants, New Mexico or Albuquerque, New Mexico, wherever he's flying to. Uh, and I, if I just hung him up, I'm sorry about that. Call back, Willie, if you're listening. You got, and I don't think it was Willie. No, I don't probably think he, not. He's, he's, not probably, he's probably in custody by now. Probably. I said goodbye to Govs already, so it's not them calling. Uh, I snuck that in as you were talking and just cut Govs off. Anyway, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, I have started putting together some promotional materials for uh, the Hour of Healing Prayer, and we want to get people actually calling in or writing in with prayer requests. Yes, for yes, your show. What are we calling it? Is it is the Church it of Last Resort. What? The Church of Last Resort. Church of Last Resort. I got to put that in the marketing stuff. I just put out Sunday Will Never Be the Same. You know that song? Sunday Will Never Be the Same. Uh, Mamas and Papas, I think. Or Spanky and Our Gang. One of those from the city. And it probably wasn't for Mackenzie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So, yeah, we want to get people sending in uh, prayer requests and all that kind of stuff. But other than prayer requests, what are we what are we looking for? Uh, what are we looking at? What's gonna uh, if people have sins that they need forgiven, you know, oh. they can send me their sins out to be forgiven. Uh and it would help. It would help. Like I said, I will send put the link out there if they want they have to because it's a matter of owning up to it. So if they would don't mind coming on the show and confessing their sins, then I can absolve them. Yeah, no. So yeah. I don't I find it like pulling teeth. People or people are will will be really chatty in the chat room, but if you ask them to come on and talk about it, uh, people are shy. Uh, Kelly, for instance, Bean Flicker Kelly has been in the chat room for a couple of years now. She's never been on the program once. Does anybody know if she has a face? Does anybody know? Yeah, she, she has like? a face. She, okay. she has a face. She, uh, yeah, we've seen her pictures. She actually has posted a couple of videos on Twitter occasionally and stuff like that. So we know she's a real person. Really does exist. She's a a redhead uh, with itty bitty titties. If okay. Anybody cares, if anybody cares. See, in my family, that doesn't mean anything because my mother was a thirty six double G. Oh. And my and my mother was like the middle child. I mean, literally in the in the breastology 
you know, I think that's what it's called when you the study of breast. Breastology. Uh, yeah, and breastology, my mom was the middle sister and she was a 36 double G. Wow. So, yeah, so anything in my family, anything under a D cup and you just aren't trying. You're probably, if you're under a D cup, you're probably a man. That's that's how it is in my family. Or, well, I have a friend whose father, now this, these are all cops, you were talking about cops before and they've had some wild parties. But my friend's father was a cop his whole life. And we, I was at his uh, pool party that they were having about two or three years ago, right before COVID. So it's probably about four or five years ago now. And dad has titties. I mean, he has titties. He's not that much older than me. He's probably, I don't know, eight, nine years older than me. But he's got full breasts. I mean, womanly breasts on him. But he's not, not like he did it intentionally. He didn't have like, it, it just grew tense. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's, it's it's funny what happens to people. I it's I was a, when I was like I said back when I was a stripper and I used to work out a lot. I was trying not to get too big because I my I was under the impression back I mean back in the eighties we didn't know a lot about bodybuilding not really no you know what I'm saying say we just we it wasn't a science like now like now right. you go in there like well you can tweak this and do that and all of a sudden your triceps are. 0.3 millimeters more perfect than it would be if you just did the, you know, back then it was like weightlifting and, 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 and jogging or whatever back, you know, it wasn't an exact science. And I was, and I was told that once you built up that muscle mass, if you, if you stop, it's just going to start sagging. And I was afraid of getting too big. I just wanted to be toned like a black Panther, you know, like a cat, you know, they're just toned. I didn't want to get big because I knew I wouldn't be able to maintain it because I was working out almost eight hours a day between dancing and lifting and and shit like that. And but still, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, I, I think I'm like, uh, I don't know, one powdered milk drink away, you no, know, one glass of water away from having a, a quart of powdered milk here somewhere. Gynecomastia. Now they say, I don't know if it was a fear tactic or what, but when I was in high school, they would talk about smoking pot would lead to gynecomastia, which is men growing womanly breasts and milk, right. milky breasts. Yes, yes. They, that was the shit they tried to tell us too. And we were going like, you don't yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> so I could no, play with them all day, right? It, it didn't stop me from smoking pot. It never stopped me from smoking pot, but I wondered if it was real. Now, gynecomastia is a real thing. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it's depending on the strain. Also, we don't know. Like now, they got like nineteen strains. Like they got all these strains. Like there's this one strain that gives you breasts, and there's another strain that takes them away. We don't know. Now, when uh, you were talking about dancing before, and, and that uh, full full nudity, did, did you do full nudity, or just was it like? I'm going to quote a friend of mine. If there's a paycheck in it. <laughs> uh who's it uh my good friend um ernest hudson in in um in uh ghostbusters they ask him all these things like do you believe in this do you believe in that he goes if there's a steady paycheck in it i believe <laughs> right. right so if, when i got paid you got displayed well, wow. I mean, if I got paid, I displayed. That's how it worked. Yes. Wow. I don't want to. I don't know. I, I want to go deep into uh, deep into uh, <laughs> that whole discussion. Maybe you know what the funny thing is? I, I I met because I I met a, a lady at a show, and she we we hung out <laughs> after the show and we started dating, and then after we started dating, she wanted me to stop dancing because she figured if I 
you know, slept with her right after a show. I was with other women right after the shows. And I was explaining to her, no, she was special. So oh. I wouldn't do that with anybody else. I just and so if there's any ladies out there, would you make your man stop dancing if that's how you met him? Huh? I'm just saying. That's a that is a, a good question for the day. Maybe we'll put that in the poll on Spotify because every oh, day, on the poll at Spotify, no. yeah, right? Yeah, no, but on Spotify every day they they want me to put a poll, and I never do. I never use the poll, but maybe today we'll use the poll on and and that question. If you met your man. On a pole, uh, would you make him get off the pole? Yeah, that's that's the your question. man was a Chippendale. Would you make him put his chips and his dale away once you start dating? Right. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up here on that. On that note, that's a good place to end it. Well, sorry, we we missed the um, second comedian. It's my fault. I don't. Actually, it's not my fault. She said she forgot about it. So we're we're putting it on her one hundred percent. Sorry, she forgot about it completely, and I. Uh, can't make the interview is what you said. Uh, Diane, uh, if you're watching, your video was funny. I did watch the the 18 minute one. That the one at the link at the bottom of the Mind Dog thing. There's a little link to one of your videos. I watched that one. It was very good, very funny. Um, I have about I have um. Let me see here. I have uh you have four pages of notes that I took that I'm just going to share with you about how you can fix your set, make it better. And I'm just teasing. Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, when when she does come back, we'll have to have you on and and go by some of those notes don't throw them away they, they'll come in handy eventually come in handy uh that is anyway uh we'll look forward to you know the show starts uh church of the last uh, resort starts on october 15th at 9 a.m eastern we hope you will spread the word help us spread the word share the links tell people about it and send in your prayer requests now you can start sending them in at info at minddogtv.com and uh we look forward and if you want to be on that morning we can schedule it in advance or if you just feel the holy spirit move you probably not us probably not us. And, and also my my email address is you see how it's spelled there dr reverend jelly roll if you take out the spaces and add at gmail.com that's my email address dr rev jelly yeah. roll i made it e. very simple for you yeah yeah well for the people on the radio side it's dr R-E-V-J-E-L-L-Y-R-O-L-L-E at gmail.com. That's right. There you go. And make sure you do jelly roll. And if, because if you do a cinnamon roll, you're going to get my daughter. If you do um, uh, a Mona roll, you're going to get my wife. And the dog and cat do not have email, but that's Tootsie. And uh, stop dropping. That's one of uh, Diane, who was supposed to be on this hour's joke about Chinese food not agreeing with her. One night she had a, uh, an hour and a half argument with a spring roll. Uh, <laughs> I did not name any of my kids spring. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming. Thanks for sitting in for Willie. And uh, we'll see you again maybe maybe later in the week or something like that. Uh, if anyway. you like, you know, uh, just. Uh, Got just nobody on tomorrow. Tomorrow, just planning on winging it. I don't have a guest scheduled for tomorrow. I don't know if, why if that you happened, want me, but... If you want me, I can come here. Or if you're tired of me, uh, I, can, I no. can actually reach out to GD. No. No, come on back. Willie will be here. We'll probably be going over football stuff. Yeah, no. You, you want to bring GD on or whatever. However you want to do it. We can both come. We'll both be here. Oh, okay. Right. That will be interesting. Uh, We've uh, done uh, shows together. We've done live comedy shows together. We've just never done this together. I'll set an extra place at the table for, for both of you tomorrow. All right. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. Bye for now. See, I'm pushing buttons and things aren't working. I got to get this mouse fixed.
before tomorrow. Actually, I have a show tonight, author of children's books, which I don't expect any of you to be watching tonight. If you're watching, there's something wrong with you. Uh, author Christine Mil- Mickles. I'm not going to even try it. Everybody's got a name I can't pronounce. I'll get it down by tonight. Anyway, thanks for coming. That's the show for today. Tomorrow, Willie, we'll be back. We'll be going over football picks and stuff like that. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back. It's, the plane doesn't get hung up too much. Uh, anyway, that's the show for you today. Write to me at info at minddogtv.com, info at minddogtv.com, uh, or write to Dr. Jeb, Dr. Reverend Jelly Roll at gmail.com and let them know about your prayer requests and hopefully you'll help us promote the show that's the show for today thanks for coming don't forget to turn on your radio bye for now bye for now bye for now
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.